Welcome to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and yes, even joy. Stories that will help us live well while we're waiting to see our children in heaven one day. We pray that these stories will be an encouragement to you as you walk this road of grief. All right, I'm so pleased to have my dear friends Bobby and Amy Smith join me on the podcast today. We met them not very long after their son Joel went to heaven back in 2011. As I recall, we met for dinner at Olive Garden and we pretty much sobbed into our fettuccine and breadsticks, yeah. didn't we guys? And now they, along with Landon and Missy Holmes, who you met in our last podcast, serve as facilitators for some of our retreats here at the Refuge in Hot Springs. They also serve on our board of directors, and we are very grateful for their friendship. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey. Hey. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, we're glad to have you. So let's get started by giving you all an opportunity to tell us just a little bit about yourselves. Where are you from and and what do you do? do? (laughs) Well, we live in Cabot, Arkansas, of course. And um, Mm -hmm. I work for some eye doctors. I'm an ophthalmic technician. And I've been doing that for six years. Mm Bobby? I uh, grew up in North Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, live here in Cabot with Amy, obviously. (laughs) 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 And I I am a technician with the Air National Guard here at Little Rock Air Force Base. And uh, my title is an air cargo specialist. So we deal with uh, a lot of logistical support there on the base. Sure. Well, we appreciate your service in that regard for sure. Um, so how did the two of you meet? Tell about your dating years a little bit. That was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) 22 years ago, I believe was when we started dating. Uh, Uh Bobby was going to seminary at the time with my youth pastor and, Hmm. um, uh, the my youth pastor thought that we would make a cute couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, he was right. <laughs> that was pretty much his words, and he uh, he was pretty insistent <clears throat> that I I meet this young lady uh, in mm-hmm. his youth group, and um, everything he had to say about Amy was just absolutely wonderful and he always talked about how close to God that um, she is and just how strong she is in her faith and how much of a leader she is or was in the the youth group and um, where I was in my life that was definitely something that I needed and um, so I went to an event that he was doing with the youth group and Amy was there. And so um, I remember the first time I saw her and was definitely wild. And uh, <laughs> and everything he had said was right. Um, and so I at least met her. Um, I don't remember meeting him. Yeah. <laughs> so are you saying you weren't wowed right away like he was? Yeah. Not at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was 16 and he was 19 oh. or 20 at that time. And, uh, yeah, you know, 
No, I was almost mm-hmm. 19. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, after that event, we saw each other. And I come to realize who he was. And uh, we mm-hmm. would see each other um, at little events here and there. And uh, that went on for probably a year. Mm-hmm. And Bobby finally got up the nerve to call me. Mm-hmm. And he did, you know, this for cell phones. And uh, <laughs> right. Yes. Uh-huh. He actually got in touch with my grandmother and I wasn't home from school yet. So uh, since I wasn't home, he didn't call me back for a year. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Wow. Well, in my defense, I got scared off. I was just kind of like, well, maybe she was there, but. No, mm-hmm. she's probably not inter- interested. And right, know. she had grandma covering for oh, her. Yeah, so I just, yeah. I, I was shy in that regard, so I just kind of, kind of backed off. But then uh, that whole year, I mean, James, the youth pastor, uh, he and I would talk at seminary, and he and his wife, you know, I would see them a lot, and um, nearly every time we were together, they would say something else about Amy and, you know, they would encourage me to, well, you know, call her back and call her back. So I did. And mm-hmm. February 26th, uh, 1999, we went on a double date with them and uh, we've been together ever since. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how long have you been married? 19. And a half years. And a half. 19 and, and a half years. Yes. Wow. In January. Okay. Very good. Very good. So you got married and uh, kids started to come along. Tell a little bit about your, your family. Let's see. We, we waited about five years before we started having uh, kids Mm -hmm. and uh, ended up having three, all boys. Um, Joel, our oldest came along February 22nd of 2006 Mm-hmm. And then our second child came along, and Grant is his name. He was uh, born the next year, September 6th of 2007. Mm-hmm. And then waited a few years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude, our youngest came along in uh, August 20th. 20th of 2013. So there's six wow. years difference so- between those two. Right. So the first two were real close together Mm -hmm. and then the other one came along a little bit later. Okay. So Joel was your firstborn. Um, Let's go back um, to when you began to notice that, that there was something going on with Joel. Talk about that a little bit. So Joel was three at the time. Uh, Bobby was uh, deployed to Afghanistan and mm-hmm. um, he was had been gone for four or five months already. And every year up till that point, we had always taken a family trip to uh, Branson, Missouri, for Thanksgiving. And um, so Bobby was gone, but me and the boys went ahead and went with my parents and mm-hmm. um, had a great vacation up there, saw some shows, Silver Dollar City. And and the day we were coming home, Joel got sick. Um, and when I say sick, it was like he had a stomach bug, just vomiting. 
And then he was fine. And I thought, oh, no, everybody's going to get this, you know. Yeah, right. Um, but but he acted fine, and he didn't get sick again for a few days. Nobody else got sick and didn't think anything about it. Um, but then a few days later, it happened again. And it would happen once a day. And then it just got more frequent. And we started going to the doctor to figure out what in the world's going going on with him. <clears throat> they would do blood work and... Uh, nothing would come of the blood work. We'd go home. Uh, you know, he'd still be getting sick, having these episodes. No headaches or anything, just vomiting. And and I would go back to the doctor. More blood work, nothing. And this went on for several weeks. Mm. And uh, finally, we went through Christmas. And just after Christmas, um, he got sick. And he just kept staying sick. And he just didn't have any energy. He was getting lethargic. So we went ahead and took, or me and my parents took him to the doctor again. And uh, the doctor said, let's go ahead and admit him to the hospital. Um, we need to run some GI tests on him, see if anything's going on. And if nothing's going on with that, we may go ahead and do a CT of the head. Sometimes something up there can cause these symptoms. Sure. And I thought, okay, well, let's just go figure out what's going on. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't think anything major was happening. Right. Yeah. So as Amy mentioned, I was deployed and uh, I just remember, you know, whenever I could, I would make contact with her. And the, the first couple of times, you know, I, um, she would say something about Joel, you know, maybe a couple of days before had had a, you know, a little day of sickness and, but it was always, you know, maybe a tummy ache or just, you know, flu season, just normal, if you will, type of, of medical mm -hmm. things. Right. Typical kid stuff. Yeah, typical kid stuff. And so the first couple of times that, that she told me that, I didn't really think anything. But then things progressed to where other times, you know, later on where where I would make contact and we would talk again. I, I would just hang up and I just, I had this uneasy feeling. I just, something in my heart told me there is something more going on. I, I had no clue what it was. I just, you know, obviously I'm 9,000 miles away and I can't do anything even if I wanted to, but it was just that feeling of something's not right. And uh, I just remember very clearly the, the night that I did call and um, things had progressed in such a way where they went ahead and did the CT scan of Joel in the, around the head and they had found the tumor. Well, mm -hmm. I didn't know that, but the night that I called, um, or I guess it was daytime for them. But anyway, the time that I called one of our dear friends um, from the church we were at at the time, uh, she answered the phone. And I could tell just by the way she answered the phone and just the sound and the emotions in her voice, I could tell that something was not good. And um, she, she told me point blank um, that, uh, that the doctors had, had found the tumor. Wow. And I re remember asking her once I 
you know, kind of lost it for a moment. I remember asking her if, if I could talk to Amy. I, I immediately wanted to know, where's Amy? And uh, Lois said, well, she's right here, but she, you know, she just can't talk to you right now. And of course, that had to be hard for uh, you being so far away. Oh, that was one of the most helpless feelings I think I've ever had. You know, I'm some, I'm deployed. I'm supposed to be able to, to do things. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm in war. You know, I didn't, you can't tell me I can't do so. You know, I mean, sure. But that was truly a lonely and, and very scary time for me. Yeah. And um, we eventually did talk and, and many things went on as far as getting me home and and uh, things like that. But uh, I did make it home. Did. We, uh, we were originally in uh, just a normal hospital and uh, once they did the CT scan and found out there was a tumor, they decided to transfer Joel to the children's hospital in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. So all that had just happened, you know, five, 10 minutes before Bobby called and, you know, I'm trying to process everything mm-hmm. and, and he calls and it just, whew, it was, yeah. it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Sure. But yeah, we went ahead and went to the children's hospital. Bobby got home two days later which was actually on our wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And um, they did Joel's surgery the following day mm-hmm. to remove the tumor. And um, it took 12 and a half hours. Yeah. Oh my. Wow. But total time of, of his journey uh, was 18 months. So from... Mm-hmm. December, you might say January of 2010, and then he he went to heaven in August of uh, 2011. But you talk about an amazing young man, uh, just seeing how he handled all the different parts of that journey, all the surgery, and then all the rehab that he endured, and the the radiation, and then later on the chemo and I mean, you talk about someone that never complained. Mm-hmm. He just, wow. he was that kid. Yeah. Such a courageous spirit and a, just a very joyful spirit. Yeah. He always enjoyed his hospital stays because they had a, a certain tricycle uh, in, on the HEMOC unit yes. that he claimed was his. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he did not think anybody else needed it. Um yeah. Right. You know, so he wanted it and we would hook his IV up, you know, so that it wouldn't pull him or pull on him when he would ride. He'd ride every floor of that hospital we were allowed on. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah. wow. you know, it was, it was fun. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah. So Joel had the opportunity to participate in a really special Make-A-Wish event. Tell us a little bit about that. Joel loved superheroes and his favorite was Batman. Um, so we were contacted by Make-A-Wish the summer before his uh, heaven date about doing Make-A-Wish for him. And, and they wanted to come talk to him and see, you know, what he wants right. or what he needed to do. And uh, they sent um, a volunteer and they got to talking with him and, and, uh, the whole time, he just kept saying, I want to be Batman. I want to be Batman. 
you know, it wasn't, I want to go see Batman. I want to be Batman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they made it happen. Um, they got the North Little Rock Police Department and a bank that was in North Little Rock all together. And, and they staged a bank robbery. Wow. At a real bank with real people. <laughs> <laughs> How <laughs> fun. Yes. Yes. And it, it, and it was uh, the Joker and Catwoman robbing this bank. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but they had already given uh, Joel and his little brother Grant costumes. It was um, Batman and Robin costumes. Uh-huh. And, of course, Joel was not going to let his little brother, you know, be Batman. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> so, uh, we told the boys that we were going to a costume party and they needed to dress up. Well, they didn't question that because, you know, they love to play dress up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to a movie theater and uh, was trying to watch a movie and... Um, they came in looking for Batman. Wow. So he did not know that this was happening. This was no. completely a surprise. I didn't realize that. Yes. And one of the funniest things that he said. So when the commissioner, the guy playing the commissioner, he came into the theater and he announced, Hey, you know, there's been a robbery at the bank. There's been something going on. You know, he comes down the, to Joel and Grant, and so he says, "Batman and Robin, you know, we we need you to come with us. We've we've got to have your help." One of the most hilarious things that Joel said was, "Well, okay, but we've got to watch the movie." Because <laughs> <laughs> in his mind, it was you know, like Amy said, it was a it was a costume party. They were just right. they were there. Yeah, yeah. So Joel's attitude was, well, that's fine, but I've got to watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) First things first. Exactly. So then he he finally, I guess, processed, oh, hold on a minute. Yeah, I gotta go help. I'm I'm Batman, Batman. right. So but I tell you, when he when he got into Batman character, he was in full Mm -hmm. Batman character. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah, he got to arrest the Joker and arrest Catwoman, put them in a cop car, take them to the actual jail. Um, and then afterwards, they held a press conference with all the media outside and podium. And, and you know, he was up there answering questions. And wow. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it seeing it on TV or seeing there was a news mm-hmm. um, news piece that they did about it. And, of course, that was before we knew you guys. And right. um, they just made such a special event out of that. And I know that's a wonderful memory that you all have yes. with him and, and that Grant get to participate in it too, which is really cool. So <laughs> it was special. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. Kind of changing gears here a little bit. Um, is there a particular scripture or scriptures that have been helpful to you on this grief journey that you're on? Um, mine I didn't really come to me till after mm-hmm. um, I was you know, just kind of looking and, and I had started following uh, another cancer patient's uh, mom's blog. And I found this verse on that, on her blog yeah. and, and it was Habakkuk three and it's verse 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. And, and it says, 
Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be in the vines, produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Um, I just kept reading that, and I thought, you know, the first part sounds terrible, and that's exactly right. how I felt. Yeah. You know, I know I had family, and I had another child. I felt that God had taken everything away from me, but I knew that he was the only one that could make it better, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just clung to that uh, part of verse 18. You know? Yeah. How about you, Bobby? I have a lot of them, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm right, right there with Amy with Habakkuk. Um, but I also love Romans chapter eight in course, verse 25 is, is the, while we're waiting theme verse. But if you go beyond verse 25 in verse, uh, 35 of Romans eight, and then in verse 38 of Romans eight, uh, Paul says and reminds us two different times there that nothing could ever separate us from the love of God. Mm. In verse 38, he goes on to say, neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And uh, when I think about that time, that night, those hours where I was deployed and, and got the news about Joel. And then I think about the plane ride uh, home back to the States and then being picked up to, to meet Amy and Joel at Children's and even the car ride from St. Jude when we knew in just a matter of a few hours he, he would leave us and, you know, go to be with Jesus. I In every one of those situations, Whatever, uh, what kind of overshadowed all those maybe negative emotions was the fact that I, I knew down deep that God had not left me. Right. I, I knew even as uh, as lonely as I was, even as as scared as I was, even as uh, just the the total wreck that I was. I I knew that in a very, very special way, I was not separated from God's love. Mm-hmm. And there was there was nothing, even this nightmare that we were living, even in that, I, I knew God is still there. I am not, no matter what Satan may try to tell me right now, I am not separated from God's love. And so even today, those verses are, Man, it's just such a comfort and a strength, source of strength, just to know that, uh, you know, that that awesome and amazing God that now has our son in, in his very presence, um, that very same God loves me and loves us and cares about us. And he, he shows us that, you know, every day. Wow. So Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. You know, the loss of a child changes a parent profoundly um, in a very deep level. How do you feel like Joel's homegoing has changed you? 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's changed us both, you know, drastically. Yes. Um, you know, we're not who we were. Yes. We definitely right. uh, look at things a lot different now. We don't, you know, I hate to say we don't sweat the small stuff because, you know, at times mm -hmm. we still do, but we know that's not important. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, we hear people griping about their kids or, or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just griping about life in general. And we're like, well, at least you get to go home and hug them. Yes. Uh huh. You know, I kind of take it I've, the last several months for sure. And I, I, I can't really pinpoint it as to, to one reason why, but the last several months, and I think maybe this pandemic has a, a little, uh, a little bit to do with it too, but I've found myself um, lately um, challenging myself to be more of an encourager. Mm, um, yeah. Meaning that, you know, the, the grief that I deal with, um, you know, those, those days that I'm in that funk, the, the days where Satan is just really, really doing his job well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm trying to, to kind of stop in those moments and remind myself that, that I have a decision to make. And um, like the verse that Amy shared says, you know, um, the challenge is, are you going to remain joyful? Mm, and mm -hmm. I have to have to cling to what Habakkuk said. I will be joyful mm -hmm. in the God of my salvation. And so I'm challenging myself to do that. But I find myself wanting to encourage others in the sense of, hey, trust me, <laughs> no matter what you think you're going through, no matter the hurt that you're feeling right now. Trust me when I say you can be joyful. Mm -hmm. And if you will allow yourself to be joyful, even in this difficult time, you know, um, your day will you know, be much better. Mm -hmm. it, it may not be easy. It still may be a difficult day, but your outlook on that day is definitely going to affect the outcome of the day. Sure. And mm -hmm. so I, I kind of take it and I think we both do. Um, we both have made kind of an individual commitment uh, in our own personal lives, but even to each other. And, and I think even to others that we, we truly want to be um, a reminder of the joy of the Lord and, and mm -hmm. how powerful that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you do that well. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like there's a difference between happiness and joy? And have you experienced that in your grief? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, what would you say the difference is? I say that joy is simply, um, well, I'll use the word source. I, I think that the, the only source of a true joyful spirit is our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think a person can have a true joy apart from God. Mm -hmm. I think happiness is, it's more like a, happiness to me is kind of like the kid that gets the, the lollipop that he wants. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, he's happy because 
it worked out his way. He, right. he got the flavor that he wanted. Yeah. The circumstances are good. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's easy. But joy to, to us says, I still want to be joyful. I, I still want to be an encouragement. I want to have that in a maybe op- optimistic look. I want to be um, positive, whatever other mm-hmm. synonym there may be. But but I realize even in the midst of that difficult time or day, yeah, I may not necessarily have that big smile, happy look, but right. yet there is still a joyful spirit within. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cause, I mean, we have bad days a lot sure. and, and it may just be a bad day at work or, you know, water pipe broke or you know things like that but that doesn't affect my joy right do you feel like joy and sorrow can coexist i think if you read the psalms i I think the answer is yes because i think david dealt with Mm -hmm. that many many times Mm -hmm. i mean he dealt with a man that hated him you know Mm -hmm. king saul reached the point where he absolutely hated david and wanted to to bring harm and even take his life so and i think david was very you know scared if you will about that but he also knew who was in control right and he mm-hmm. knew even as he as he was running from saul even as he was facing a very scary time he still went back to the fact that, that God was there. He he never forgot the presence of God in that moment, in right. that time. Yeah. David lost a child also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knew sorrow and he knew joy. He yeah. actually lost more than one child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do believe they can coexist. I think every gr- every bereaved parent has <laughs> some of both for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, you can be joyful and have the joy of the Lord without necessarily being happy. If you know what I mean, you know, because as a grieving parent, Oh, I, you know, I I can be happy and I am happy most of the time, but there are lots of days that I'm very sad, very sad, but I still have that deep down joy because Mm -hmm. it's, it's not joy. Isn't based on circumstances like happiness is. Your heart hurts those days. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good description of it. All right. Well, one of the things that we talk about a lot at our retreats is how men and women grieve differently. Um, How have the two of you grieved differently or alike? And how have you dealt with that? Hmm. I grieve silently, I believe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't share it. Um which we are total opposites. Um, I like to keep everything in and I don't, you know, share. Right. And, and Bobby wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that's who I am. I think I get it. I know I get a lot of it from my mother because, uh, you know, she was exactly the same way. If, if she felt like anybody was upset at her, or if, if there was any source of or, uh, sense of, of friction at all, it was going to be talked about. Sure. And she just, she could not stand uh, not to share, you know, what was on her heart. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I totally agree with Amy. And, uh, you know, I think over the years I've, I've learned of Amy that um, when I can tell, when I sense that she's having a moment or a, or a day, um, I think the best thing I can do for her is just to assure her and to remind her that I'm here, mm-hmm. that I, I'm aware of it. I see it. But, you know, I, I've backed off a lot. I don't, I'm not going to sit there on the couch and try to make her talk about it and right. try to, you know, oh, share with me every thought you're having. <laughs> yeah. I don't do that now. I don't, uh, I just, I just feel in my heart that it's better mm-hmm. just to kind of let her, you know, mm-hmm. process it and, and handle it the way that she wants to. And, and she will, she will eventually share with me but it's, it's going to be her time. Right. And so I've learned to, to be very respectful of that. I don't, you know, I don't have some timeline as well. She's got 30 minutes and I'm coming after, <laughs> you know, I, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I just let her do it. Now for me, another thing that helps me though, is to be uh, physically active. Uh-huh. You know, to me, that's that is a huge release. And, and I love cycling and I love running. And I've shared to others a lot of times when I'm on the bike or I'm out running, it's really not even about the physical anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to be, you know, I used to try to improve my time and increase my mileage and do all this hoopla. It, it, really, I don't even think about the physical benefits anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just me. That's my release. It's, I mean, I may think about the whole journey with Joel. I might, you know, I may just cry out to God literally in tears for 10 miles. You know, mm-hmm. there's no telling what's going to happen. But for me, that's, it's, it's a great way for me to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a release. I'm by myself or even if I'm riding with, with other people, it just, I just feel like that, that helps me with my grief. Maybe it gives me something else to think about, or it it just gives me kind of that, that alone time. But yeah. And when he wants to talk, I listen. Uh Uh-huh. And I talk a little. Right. But I listen because he wants to talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it yeah. sounds like you guys have figured out a pretty good balance. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm I think sh- that's the key word. Yes. <laughs> definitely have a balance. Uh-huh. A balance and and give each other grace to grieve the way mm-hmm. you need to grieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something that that you learn eventually over time, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. All right. Another common experience that bereaved parents often talk about is something we refer to as grief brain, Um, Mm. feeling foggy, becoming forgetful, losing things, all of those uh, different aspects of grief brain. Did either of you experience grief brain and talk about that a little bit? Definitely. I think I still experience it. Yeah. (laughs) Nine Mm -hmm. years out. (laughs) Right. Right. Not, not near as, bad but yes i mean remembering dates Mm -hmm. uh, just just remembering even details around that time is hard yes and then other things you just you can't get out of your head but uh it's real Mm -hmm. yeah i know for me uh this week 
um, for a couple different reasons has just been kind of a challenge. And I, I think a lot of it is just with his heaven day approaching. Um, it's just sometimes you just find yourself kind of difficult to focus. And, you know, I think, you know, some of those emotions are wanting to, to resurface and, um, you know, you got a job to do, you, you know, you got things to, to take care of, but right there in, in your mind is, is all those things that, that is a part of who you are and, and with all that journey. And so, yeah, there's, there's times you definitely get that fog and get kind of blurry in your, in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, we always say grief brain is a real thing, mm-hmm. um, especially for these parents that are new on the journey. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you're going crazy, even mm-hmm. though you might feel like you're going crazy. It's just it's just part of grieving. Exactly. Yeah. People often feel awkward around a parent that has lost a child because they just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. What were some of the some of the least helpful things said to you after Joel died. And then on the other hand, what were some of the most helpful things that were said? Mm. You know, a lot of people want to throw out, well, well, at least you have another child mm. or you yeah, can that's not one. helpful at all. Is it? No, <laughs> that does mm-hmm. not replace Joel. Right. You know, and, and it can make you angry. Sure. When they say that we had a lady, that would come up to us um, after Joel went to heaven. And once we found ourselves back at church and I think her, her heart was right, but her communication was horrible. And, Mm. you know, she would come up after service. She always seemed to catch us kind of after service. And Mm -hmm. she would, she would kind of almost corner us and she would say, um, well, I just want to know how you're doing. Yeah. And we would say, well, I think we're you know doing okay, you know, day by day or whatever our response would be. And she would just kind of stare at us and she would say, but really, how are you doing? Yeah. I don't, I just don't find that helpful at all. Right. Sure. So sure. I think ask somebody and then move on. Yeah. What were some of the more helpful things that were said to you? A lot of times when nobody went or when somebody would not say anything, they would just give me a hug and go mm-hmm. on. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which you know, I'm the one that doesn't like to talk. So, um. <laughs> but I think they knew that about Amy. Right. Yes, exactly. You know? They, they knew what she needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah. 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 Just let me know you're there. Mm-hmm. Check on me, you know, Hey, I'm praying for you. Love you. Um, and be done. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. engage me in conversation necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the best things that several men um, would do for me is um, kind of what Amy said. They just walk up and just give me that big Christian brother hug. And several of them always made it a point to remind me in just their own way, no matter what you're feeling, you're not alone. Mm. Wow. And I am here. If if you need me, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, if, if I just wanted to call and scream and cry and throw a fit, you know what? I knew in my heart they were there. Yeah. And I had full permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just how it was. And just knowing that, that they were there 
in that special way, man, that's, that's priceless. Yeah. That's a wonderful gift that they gave Mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even now, um, you know, compared to when it, when it first happened is just for people to still realize that I may still be grieving. Yes. You know, and, and them just to mention, mention Joel or remember him or, or remember that, you know, I have that piece missing. Mm-hmm. Yes. That helps. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I echo all of those things from my own experience <laughs> as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, what advice would you give to a newly bereaved parent? Somebody who is very new on this journey. Grace. <laughs> give people grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even though it's hard. Yeah, you said give well, people grace, give other people mm-hmm. grace. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and allow grace to be applied to your own heart too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you are having that bad day, just know that that God is fully aware of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to surprise Him by having a bad day. Right. You're not going to throw him off because you point your finger towards heaven and, and you blame him for, for every moment of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're nothing you express to him is going to catch him off guard. Right. And just allow yourself to, uh, to communicate mm-hmm. to him and to share with him exactly what's on your heart. And then um, have that, person or have those people, you know, in your circle of life that, that, you know, you can go to, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it be your spouse or whether it be just a a best friend or, or a sister or brother, you know, whoever it may be, but, you know, search your heart and, and find that person uh, in your life or that group where, you know, you know, you can go to them and, and you can, um, enter a fellowship with them and, and just be mm-hmm. very, very transparent with them mm-hmm. as you're grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Very good advice. Thank you for that. So by the time this airs, you guys will have celebrated, if if celebrated is the right word, uh, mm-hmm. Joel's ninth heaven day. So what ways have you found over the years to honor Joel's life on those special days, heaven days, birthdays, those kinds of things? Um, we've done a few different things. We've we've gotten toys together and taken to the hospital um, for the HEMOC unit before. We've uh, gotten cupcakes before mm-hmm. <laughs> for his birthday. Sure, you know, and celebrated. I mean, each year we don't we don't let it pass by without doing something, right. whether it even be just to go out and eat. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, or let's let's plan a little day trip here or there because you know this is this is Joel's heaven day. Right. Um, we don't want to just be stuck home and you know in a, a pity party, say. But but we want to celebrate and think about what it would be like if he was here, mm-hmm. and then how much better is it where he's at? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it 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 has kind of changed just from year to year. Um, we have um, the church we were at when we went through the journey. Um, a group of them are very passionate 
that uh, they love getting together on his actual birthday mm -hmm. in uh, February. Mm -hmm. And um, there's been, we've met at a restaurant up at North Little Rock. And I mean, there'll be 40, 45 people show up. Right. Wow. And, and I mm. mean, it's, it is strictly, mm. it is his birthday party. Mm. Right. And, you know, they bring a big Batman cake or whatever kind of dessert. Mm. And they, they do. We, we celebrate like he's sitting right there in the room with us. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's a very neat thing. And yeah. we've done that at, at a, you know, person's house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's Joel's birthday get together and, and mm -hmm. that's what they call it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I remember one time you guys came here and led a retreat and it was Joel's birthday, I believe. It was his birthday yeah, or his heaven day. And we, uh, we all had our Batman shirts on and had yeah. some cupcakes and, and celebrated Joel here at the refuge. And that was neat yeah. that we kind of got to be a part of that. Right. That was really it, it was very special to celebrate it there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one more question for you. What are some specific ways that you are seeking to live well while you're waiting to see Joel again? I think my goal is to let people see God in me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, whether whatever I'm doing, I, I want them to be able to say, you know, there's something different there. And, and I want them to ask. Um, to me, that's just, I don't know it. I love to share what God's done mm -hmm. uh, in our lives through Joel and, um, and through his home going. Absolutely. How about you, Bobby? Yeah. And I, I think I just, I have to go back to a little earlier when I said um, just that desire to be an encourager mm -hmm. um, and be joyful. Uh, you know, we kind of, kind of loosely throw around that phrase, you know, life's, life's too short to be angry or life's too short mm -hmm. to be miserable or life's, well, it, it truly is. And, you know, we've said at retreats and we've said visiting with you and Brad that, you know, there's possibly no other pain like right. the pain of, of losing a child. Um, and so, you know, as I agree with that and I see others in pain, whatever their cause of it is, you know, my heart, I, I'm, I'm a big crybaby, just <laughs> like Brad. <laughs> and I, you know, it upsets me. I mean, it breaks my heart to see somebody struggling, to see somebody yeah. in a, in a place where, they feel like nobody cares or they feel that, that nobody's there to listen to them or to, to whatever mm -hmm. that literally breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, whenever I see that, you know, I want um, to be a person that, that sees that, that recognizes that and goes to them and says, look, you know, I don't even have to know all the details but you have to know that somebody cares. Right. You have to know mm -hmm. that if, if you're thinking nobody cares about what you're going through, brother, sister, you know, you're wrong. I, right. And if you don't know this, I'm here to tell you that God cares mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. 
So Mm -hmm. when I think about living well and I think about seeing Joel, you know, one thing I, I know about Joel Smith is he was definitely on his way to be like me and my mom as far he didn't need mm-hmm. a stranger. No. He did not he would talk to anybody. It was so funny. So when I think of Joel and, and his happy spirit, courageous spirit, you know, I think one way that I can can honor him as as mm-hmm. well as God obviously is is just right. to to be sincere and mm-hmm. in showing people that I care and and that, yeah. uh, you know they're not alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you do that well. You both do that well, and uh, that's why we love to have you guys um, helping out with our our retreats that we have here because you always make everyone feel so loved and and uh, and special in their own way, and that's that's an awesome. That's a gift that the two of you have, and you. I want to thank y'all for coming on the podcast today uh, to talk about your little Batman. Um, <laughs> always love to hear about Joel. You know, I've. Have not gotten to meet him yet. Mm-hmm. I will meet him in heaven one day, I know. Right. And um, I, I feel like I know him, though, from hearing the stories from you and seeing the little videos and things that you've shared with us. And um, I just think I would just really enjoy getting to know Joel, and I look forward <laughs> to meeting him one day. Um, we're so grateful that God brought us together with you guys. You all are a great blessing in our lives, and uh, we just appreciate y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. We love y'all too. All right. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and, and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.